Good evening. This right here was the Global COVID Summit held in Houston, Texas about a week ago. It served as essentially a COVID postmortem, wherein doctors from across the entire country, they came together and they laid out what they believe specifically went wrong with the government's management of COVID over the past two years in regards to things like the suppression of early treatment, the extreme lack of transparency, the constantly shifting goal, goalposts, the hiding of data, as well as the real world effects of the lockdowns, the mandates, and the vaccines in general. The speakers included a lot of doctors that you've probably heard of before, like Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Richard Urso, Dr. Kirk Mulhone, Dr. Richard Ammerling, Dr. Ryan Cole, among many, many others. And I myself was fortunate enough to be the opening speaker at this particular event. And I would like to share with you my speech as well as some commentary. Take a listen. Thank you so much for that excellent introduction. If you've ever watched my videos, now I don't have to tell you to click on the button below the video and subscribe. She, she did it for us. If you've been following the coverage that, that we've been putting out since the start of, uh, of 2020 with, with, the, with the onset of COVID, uh, you know that we've been following the story very, very closely from the beginning, from just when the Chinese Communist Party started covering up what was happening in China, push, punishing whistleblowers, uh, putting them in jail, making sure nobody can ever talk about what was happening. Um, hiding the uh, genome sequence, shutting down domestic flights while allowing international flights from Wuhan, essentially allowing the entire thing to spread. We've been following it ever since then. Now, just to pause here for a quick moment, I didn't mention this part while I was up on stage, but it's indeed the case that getting real COVID-related news, or frankly, any kind of real news out of China is extremely difficult. What wound up happening was that the Chinese communist regime, they actually wound up arresting 11 of our contributors who were there on the ground in China, taking photos of what was really happening and sending them to us. Basically, during the period of time when the Chinese government was publicly saying that everything was fine, there's nothing here to worry about, and in fact, we've already defeated COVID, our brave contributors, they were going out, they were talking to people, they were sending us photos as well as detailed accounts of the truth of the situation inside of China. And therefore, we here at the Epic Times were able to report to you what was really happening. And for that crime, the crime of disturbing public order, which is a typical communist trumped up charge, they were all arrested. That is the true difficulty of bringing you the inside scoop from inside of the communist China. But as you'll see in a moment, our big tech overlords, well, they didn't care for our approach too much. But the reality is that covering such, a, such an event is very difficult in the age of censorship. So just to give you a, 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 just a small t tidbit of how difficult it is, if, if you head on over to the, uh, to the other tab I have loaded up, just when the uh, you know, COVID began to spread worldwide within the, the first few months, we put out this documentary. Probably a lot of you have seen it. It's called uh, Tracking Down the Origins of the Wuhan Coronavirus. And we, we have a very good underground network of, uh, of sources within China, and we were able to pull from them and we compiled this phenomenal documentary, pulling from different sources, different facts, different interviews that we have on there. And our conclusion, well, we didn't reach any definitive conclusions, but it looked like the facts pointed to the fact that, hey, there's a P4 level uh, you know, virology laboratory in Wuhan just up the road from the wet market. What, what's going on there? Could the virus have come out of there? That was the conclusion, and we built a lot of evidence surrounding it, although we didn't, we didn't definitively state anything, because even to this day, it's not 100% definitively known. So this documentary got a lot of play. Uh, something over like 100 million views across the different social media networks. So obviously it resonated with people. People were definitely interested, but wouldn't you know it? Once, uh, you know, the letters started coming out from the CDC and Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins saying, hey, actually, you know, no, it, it, it didn't come from the Wuhan lab. It actually came from the wet market, definitely. It's likely a pangolin who, you know, made it with a bat. 
and was eventually wound up in some, uh, some sort of a soup in Wuhan. That's, that's where the virus came from. I'm, I'm joking, but that's essentially, you know, that's, that's as, as, uh, as laughable as, as that explanation was to a certain degree. This documentary was blocked. You no longer could share it out. You had to click multiple times in order to watch it because it would ask you again and again whether you want to watch this type of uh, you know, misinformation content. It was dis disproven multiple times back in the year 2020, even though now, uh, I mean, you guys have uh, been following the, all the developments of the lab leak. Okay, so, so that's what happened with this documentary. So we thought to ourselves, this is again back in the year 2020. Man, nobody is covering the truth. Nobody's covering what was happening in China, the cover up. No, nobody's covering this news. So what we did is we created a, a booklet, like a 24-page special edition of the Epic Times, and we wanted to bypass as much of the censorship as we can because, of course, big tech is controlled. Uh, it's difficult to, to put anything on Facebook, YouTube, even with email uh, service can be blocked. And so what we decided to do is we, pay, we printed a 24-page special edition, and we mailed it out to, uh, to, to households within both America and Canada. I see some of you nodding. Maybe some of you received it in the mail. Um, and so, but wouldn't you believe it, within Canada, the mailmen, meaning the postal workers, they started to refuse to hand it out to people. They would get it, and then they would not, they, they would complain to their supervisor saying, hey, we don't want to hand out this misinformation. It's racist, they would say, because it's attacking China, et cetera, et cetera. So what wound up actually happening is that the Trudeau government, they had to come out and force the postal workers to hand this out because they said, hey, listen, they, they paid their postal fee, so that you have to, you literally have to hand this out. But that's like a small snippet of the difficulty of reporting, of reporting the facts in this, in this age of censorship. Now, just to pause here for another quick moment, I didn't mention this during the speech, but the Canada postal system went so far as to actually suspend two of their workers for refusing to deliver the Epic Times. However, while it's true that the Trudeau government in this sense upheld freedom of speech and freedom of the press, it's now without a caveat. Because even though they did force the postal workers to deliver the Epic Times, about a month after that incident, during a press conference, the Trudeau government actually handed out official talking points criticizing the Epic Times. And in their official document, it tells the official spokesperson that if they were pressed, they were to say this, quote, Canada Post has a legal obligation under the Canada Post Corporation Act to accept all neighborhood mail for delivery subject to regulation. That was right below the section criticizing the Epic Times and saying that the Trudeau government stands hand in hand with the Chinese community. And so generally, props to the Canadian government for upholding the rule of law, but it does appear that they did it grudgingly. Anyway, back to the speech. But I do want to point something out that what I just described was back in the beginning of the year 2020. That was just when the, you know, the whole thing began. But incrementally since then, public trust in all of our institutions has declined more and more. I mean, and, and you know this from your own, I'm sure, your own experience, your own conversations. But even with the polling, there was a poll released in January of this year showing that only 44% of Americans trust what the CDC has to say about COVID which, again, that was in January, that's been several months, I, I suspect that is a lot lower now. And in that same poll, it found that only 31% of Americans trust what Dr. Fauci has to say about COVID. Judging by the laughter, I, I suspect none of you 31% are present in the audience here today. So, I mean, it's not exactly a mystery as to why that is. The legacy media might paint that as, oh, the reason people aren't trusting the CDC or Dr. Fauci is because of misinformation. People come to events like this. People read the Epic Times. People read all these you know, different publications, the, the alternative news sources online, and that's why they don't trust the CDC because they're getting fed misinformation. However, is that really the case? Because let, let's examine some facts. Earlier this year, the CDC was found to have been withholding data regarding their booster shots, and this was uncovered actually by the New York Times. The New York Times did 
in my opinion, a phenomenal investigation. And they found that the CDC has been withholding their booster information, even though they had it stratified. They were, they were withholding the information for 18 to 50-year-olds. They were withholding the demographic data, and they were withholding the data of vaccination status, meaning who was vaccinated and who was not, in order to push uh, boosters, in order, to with, in order to decrease vaccine hesitancy among Americans. So they were actually withholding this data, which is, I mean, it's, it's amazing if you think about it, because by withholding the data, that means that the local officials couldn't actually tailor their individual responses to, to the reality of the situation because they didn't know what the situation was. So again, that was, the New York Time, uh, that was the New York Times reporting on what the CDC had done. Now, one thing I forgot to mention during that part of the speech was, sorry, what's this? Roman, it's me. Of course it's secure because we use the Secure app, which is the sponsor of today's episode, as well as an awesome email and message service provider that actually cares about your privacy. Now listen, it's no big secret that our data is being mined and remined all the time. In fact, there was a recent study that was published in the year 2020, which found that 155 million Americans, likely including you and me, have suffered some form of data breach. And frankly, that's only what's publicly known. However, all those past problems with privacy issues and data mining, well, that can be an issue of the past because moving forward, you can use the Secure app, which both your messages, your emails, and your phone calls can remain private. That's because they have their servers and their data centers located in Switzerland instead of in the US or China or Russia. And why does that matter? Because Switzerland has the strictest data privacy laws in the entire world and they are not subject to the intrusive Cloud app. Now, what I love the most about the Secure app is that they don't collect my data, they don't mine my data, they don't mine the data and phone numbers of my friends and family. Everything is private. And best of all, at least in my opinion, this does not work with your big tech email provider just because it is not secure. And so, and so check it out. You can head on over to secure.com and if you use promo code Roman, you can get 25% off. And frankly, their rates are not even that expensive. It only starts with $5 for the messenger and $10 for the email and messenger combo. And best of all, they offer a seven day free trial. What I forgot to do was I forgot to introduce the sponsor during that part of the speech. Regardless, let's get back to it. The Department of Defense. The Department of Defense recently came out with, with their data for, for the military um, members, and, they, and it found that after vaccination began, after mass vaccination began, the rate of almost all, all incidences of health problems rose dramatically. I'm sure you guys have heard this report. It was uh, mentioned in the Senate panel. However, when that was uncovered, the DOD and the Department of Defense, they went back and said, well, yes, all these problems are 300% more after vaccinate, mass vaccination began, but the reason for that is actually because Prior to vaccination, that data was inflated. We were inflating our data before the year 2020. It was a mistake. We have to lower that data, and when you, when you lower it, it actually isn't so bad, which might be true, but at the same time, that's very suspicious when you have to retroactively change the initial data set. Now, I would like to pause here for another quick moment and mention that I did misspeak during that last example, because what actually happened was that the Department of Defense data was indeed showing that the incidence of almost every medical issue had gone up significantly after the adoption of the mass vaccination campaign. That was what was presented during the Senate panel led by Senator Ron Johnson. And what happened was that after this fact was uncovered, the Department of Defense, they came back and they said that the previous data, the data for the previous years was underreported. And so what they did was that they retroactively increased, not decreased as I set up on stage, but they increased the incidence rates of all those different health problems prior to the year 2021. Now, of course, they said that it was just a reporting error, that they had made a mistake for those previous five years. But as many of the doctors later pointed out during that COVID summit, it's very hard to watch when you come to a certain conclusion based on the data, you analyze the data and you come to a certain conclusion, but then after you present it, you have the government agency come back and say, hey, the data was wrong, and then they retroactively change the underlying data set. 
It makes it almost impossible to find the truth. Regardless, let's get back to the speech. Then you have the changing definitions. Because what? The CDC, they changed the definition of the word vaccine, so it no longer means that you can act, you're actually immune once you're vaccinated. The WHO, they changed the definition of the term immunity, so it now can no longer mean natural immunity. And then you had Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, which is one of what, what the oldest dictionaries uh, to date. I think Merriam-Webster, if I'm not mistaken, who, who worked on that? It was... Um, it was uh, Voltaire. I think Volt it was in the age of Voltaire that that was put together. That's, that's how old that dictionary is. And they changed. I, I'm, I, I, if you guys haven't heard of this, it, it's shocking. They changed the definition of the term anti-vaxxer to include people who are not only against vaccines, but also against the mandates, right? That's why you saw all those news articles saying, hey, look at this anti-vax anti protest, this anti-vax event, even though the people aren't necessarily anti-vax, they're just anti-mandates. But it's the shifting of the language. And then, lastly, I, I, I know, I know, I'm running over time, but the FDA, as I'm, as I'm sure you heard, they tried to take 50 years to, to release all their documents related to the Pfizer approval process. But then, in, throughout that court battle, they went back to the judge and they said, no, no, 50 years is, is too short. We need 70 years to release all the documents. Now, of course, the judge came back and he said, no, that, that's ridiculous. You can't do that for a product that's being mass adopted and being literally forced on people. And so... Now we're getting all the documents released slowly. In fact, the latest batch was out eight days ago. It was at 10,000 documents. And it showed, if you went through it, I had a phenomenal episode of it on, on the program that had many, many different points that were released thus far that were made known. But one, and this is a critical one, was that in the Pfizer initial trials, the ones that were used to actually get the vaccine approved, natural immunity was found to have no difference in outcome versus the vaccine, meaning that there were zero cases of serious COVID among people who were uh, naturally immune, regardless of whether they had uh, the vaccine or not. Ba basically, the, the data showed that in the, in, the, in the cohorts, the different cohorts that they had, if you were naturally immune from the virus, there was no actual uh, noticeable difference, or at least statistically significant different difference than people who were vaccinated. And yet, that was when, that was back in the year 2021, and yet, even though the FDA said that they went through this data with a fine-tooth comb in order to approve the vaccine, right, for mass usage, What's happened since then? Ever since then, they've never really acknowledged natural immunity. They've downplayed it. They've dismissed it. And I remember there was this one Senate panel where Rand, Senator Rand Paul was asking the secretary of HHS about natural immunity. He said, oh, I, I don't know. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. He asked them, have you ever heard of this Israel trial? He said, no, I haven't heard of it. I've heard of it. I, I'm, I'm just a reporter. I'm just a guy doing this news. These are the people who are actually making the decisions in this country. And they claim they don't know what they should know because they approved the vaccine that had that data. And so... That, that is a long-winded way of saying that I'm really looking forward to the doctors who are going to be speaking here today. I'm really looking forward to interviewing them after the fact. And if you want to check out the interviews that I'll be doing, uh, conducting with them, you can check it out over on theepictimes.com. Thank you so much. And indeed, just as I mentioned, after I was done with my speech, I went off stage, we went to the back, we set up an entire studio, and we conducted long-form interviews with many of the doctors, including Dr. Malone, Dr. Ryan Cole, Dr. Ammerling, Dr. Alexander, among several others. And I have been slowly publishing them over on TV, because frankly, it goes without saying that here on YouTube in the year 2022, you cannot publish uncensored conversations. But over on Epic TV, we can. If you'd like to check out all those phenomenal interviews, just head on over to Epic TV. In fact, just yesterday, we published a great interview between myself and Dr. Ryan Cole, wherein we discussed, among many, many, many other things, how the synthetic pseudouridine that's present in the mRNA vaccines causes spike protein production within the body to last possibly for months on end following vaccination, and as well as the possible effects 
that such a thing has in the human body. And also there's another great interview between myself and Dr. Amerling where we discuss the specifics of how the government essentially stripped doctors of their autonomy and centralized the practice of medicine. If you'd like to check out all those phenomenal interviews, I'll throw a link to Epic TV. They'll be right there at the very top of the description box. I hope you click on it. I hope you check it out. I hope you subscribe and not only join us on this journey of exploring this beautiful world through honest journalism based in truth and tradition, but also you should know that when you subscribe to the Epic Times, you are directly helping to finance and fund the journalism that we do here at the Epic Times. So that way we can share it to the rest of America as well as the entire world. Again, that link will be right there at the very top of the description box. Hope you check it out and join us. Then until next time, I'm your host, Roman from the Epic Times. Stay informed and stay free.